Hey, I've missed you. Well, you know what they say. Absinthe makes the heart grow fonder. It's Schmanners. I'm your husband host, Travis McElroy. And I'm your wife host, Teresa McElroy. And you're listening to Schmanners. It's extraordinary etiquette. For ordinary occasions, hello, my dove. Hello, dear. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. You know, here we are, 11 a.m. on a Friday morning. Woo! And we've got little glasses of absinthe <laughs> sitting in front of us. I'm going to move my microphone so I can look more at my wife. Excuse me for the mic noise. Okay. Now, here's the thing. We're talking about absinthe. Mm-hmm. It's a liqueur, I believe, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, it is a distilled, high potency, high alcohol spirit. Now, here's here's why I like. Okay, here's the pros and cons for Travis McElroy regarding absinthe. Pros: a lot of to do around it, right? Mm-hmm, Which I mm-hmm. like. I like a thing that has like a show to it that right. has a process mm-hmm. uh con uh a lot of baggage yes a lot of baggage to it now here's the thing people might have expected me to say the flavor which but, is my thing but i <laughs> i rather enjoy black licorice uh which the anise in in uh in absinthe speaks well to me now uh what we've got here we have uh two two tiny glasses of absinthe sitting in front of us. We do. Uh that we have poured. Um and we have dissolved a little bit of sugar and mm-hmm. a couple drops of water into it, as I said, mm-hmm. part of the to do. Uh and we're gonna do a little tasting. Are we gonna do that now or Yeah, later? no, we're gonna do it now. We're gonna talk about it. Uh right here at the top. Or do you want to save it? I've got like butterflies. Why do you have butterflies? Well, because it's not like a, a challenge. We're not gonna sh- no one's watching. We could lie. <laughs> Because I really don't like the licorice flavor. I, I've never tried absinthe, and I don't you've like- You've never tried absinthe? No, and I don't like the smell. You've been I, with me for 10 years, and you've never tried- I thought I made you try it one. Okay. No. Okay. Well, I didn't, Then but, let's do a little right, tasting now. All right. Now that okay. I know that- Because you need to be able to talk about it if you've never- I mean, I am, I'm comfortable using in Lying. theory. No. Here we go. Okay. Now, first, deep smell. This isn't going to help you. Yeah, I know. I knew that was coming. <laughs> I knew you wouldn't enjoy it, but I want you to be ready for it. Okay. There's a lot of sugar at the bottom. I'm I, gonna, get, I I'm give gonna, you extra sugar. I'm going to swirl to try and dissolve some more of the sugar. Yeah. And we'll talk about the sugar business a little later. See, I love the smell. It smells well, like black licorice. We don't have one of those pour over businesses. Yeah, that is true. It's a whole thing. Do you remember that one time we you were... Uh, teching a show and we needed sugar cubes and we couldn't find sugar cubes anywhere yeah. where did we finally get them was I it i went to party source party source Cincinnati. it's like this huge in uh, newport party superstore yeah, yeah correct well it's in cincinnati it's fine it's greater cincinnati yeah. <laughs> okay cheers cheers oh, salut I know, but okay but that was a really delayed reaction you thought it was going to be worse than it was right? i did think it was going to be worse 
I can read your mind and your face. The sugar does help a lot for me. Well, but, but I can actually taste more black licorice as I'm talking, yes. moving the air across my tongue. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love it. Oh, yeah. Um, the actual beverage does not really taste much like 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 really anything. Well, like you said, it's it's a strong alcohol. It's got so like you get it on the back end, as they would say, the licorice. Yeah, I mean, I can feel the licorice on my my tongue, and as I talk, and the heat. Yeah, coming up my throat. So it's really not actually that bad. I think I had played it up like much of of history had well, played it yeah. up. Yeah, <laughs> here's a spoiler alert, folks. Absinthe, it's just another liquor. Okay, I think it was Mitch Hedberg had the great joke of like uh, drinking absinthe and then trying to like have a trip and be like, "Why is lemonade not eating me?" Like he was trying to like <laughs> psych himself into having some kind of trip. Ugh. So let's start it out here. Okay. Um. So this episode topic was suggested by K M. So thank you, K. Thank you. Um. And once again, let's just say right here, thank you, Alex, for helping with research. Yeah, and email us topics. We love to get those love emails. Shamanerscast@gmail.com. Um. And a lot of this information, we'll Alex, do a whole, whole episode about more lore. <laughs> and we'll taste malort at the Ooh. beginning. And, uh, I have tasted malort. Oh yeah. Oh. Oh, yeah. Um, a lot of great information was from the YouTube channels Flaviar and like How caviar? to Drink. Yeah, that's how it's spelled. Sure. And How to Drink. How to Drink. Oh, you know what? Also, let's do a little plug here. Uh, if you like hearing about alcohol. Oh, uh, that's right. Yeah. Some... I would say uh, uh, sisters-in-law, McElroy sisters-in-law. Yeah. Uh, Elizabeth Wellman, who is Teresa's sister, and and Taylor Smurl, who is Sydney's sibling. They do a podcast called Neat, the booze cast, uh, all about like mixing cocktails, the history of stuff. You can find them, I think, on YouTube and, you know, just listen to it. Do, do find it. Enjoy it. Where Neat. I got mine on my little uh, app on the phone. There you go. Okay. Okay. So- once again, absinthe is a distilled, high-potency, high-alcohol spirit that originated in Switzerland during the 18th century. Really? I would have guessed France. Well, because it did make its way to France during well, the Impressionist era, well, yeah, where right? the popularity exploded. I, I will say, I don't know what this says about me. Maybe it says I'm basic. But when I think about absinthe, the first thing that comes to mind is Moulin Rouge. Oh, yeah. We'll get there. We'll get there. Um, okay. Disappointed in myself. I'm disappointed in myself. <laughs> like, I wish that I was classier than that. It's but... Listen, it's not your fault. It's the marketing. Okay. It's the cultural uh, osmosis and that you've gotten. And let me be clear. I mean the movie. Yes. I mean the movie. Totally. Totally. Okay. That's that's the thing. Um, okay. I think of Hemingway. Sure. Okay. As fine. well. As well. Okay. Those bohemians. But it feels like a flex when I just said I think of the uh, McGregor movie. And you're like, oh, I think of him <laughs> and his polydactyl cats. <laughs> That's you. That's I, how you sound. I didn't. I didn't say That's that. That's exact. Hey, listeners, let at Teresa McCoy know that that's how she sounded. <laughs> All right. So, it begins as a neutral spirit distilled from grapes. Oh, which like is Grappa? yeah. Okay. Um, or, you know, I guess yeah, wine. Wine. <laughs> wine would have been a more obvious choice. But if we're talking about, like, liquor, I'm pretty sure, like, grappa is grapes. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Maybe that's another one. Okay. Anyway. Um, and we'll have to talk about ouzo, too. Yeah. Ouzo is a big one. Okay. Write that down. Write that down. It's written down in my head. 
so then it goes through a second process where it is infused with wormwood. Uh huh. That's the one, right? The important one that we'll talk yeah, about later. That's the one that would have a star next to it. Yes. Uh, uh, star anise, right? Well, I guess that one would have a star next to it. <laughs> fennel. <laughs> is it star anise? Uh, okay. Fennel. And then, you know, lots of is other it anise little or things. Anise? I think it depends on what side of the pond you're on. Okay. Because um, I think there are also some people who say like anise, and it has like a lot. Because that's the name of the little bunny in Gumball, anise. And it's not important. Not anyway. This, okay. Anyway. Oh, it's gone straight to my head. <laughs> <sighs> All right. So here's the thing, right? We've talked about how it has a licorice pl- profile. Yes, very much so. Um, But it can actually just taste like super bitter, which is why people drink it with sugar. Oh, okay. Okay. Right. Because I was wondering why, you know, the thing is, is with a lot of alcohols, right? For example, let's start with bourbon, right? Or whiskey, mm-hmm. right? You can have whiskey neat, nothing in it. Right. And then you have whiskey on the rocks. So it's over ice. You have whiskey with like a splash of water, right? Scotch, I have heard, uh, you know, been taught like you can drink scotch straight or add a couple drops of water to open up the flavor profile, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But with absinthe, I've never heard the... Well, you can, or it's like... Well, I think that you can do anything you want, but... Sure. Not recommended. Not recommended. The recommended way of drinking it is with a cube of sugar and water dropped over it slow enough to dissolve the sugar into the drink. Oh, but it's like if you got like a package of Ritz crackers and on the back it said, do not eat these Ritz crackers unless you put a tiny piece of meat (laughs) and a tiny piece of cheese on it. Uh, all right. But it makes more sense now to know that there are versions of it where it's like, oh, it's just straight bitter. Because this is very, I would say, uh, and maybe it's the sugar we put in it, but flavorful. And, yeah. You know, like, yeah. palatable, one might say. Um. Okay. So the thing that I remarked from uh, when you poured it in the glass was it doesn't look very green to me. Yes. Again, that's another thing We're drinking with the lucid, lucid brand absinthe, by the way, where this is not sponsored, but just no. so no one asks. Um, that's another thing. <laughs> I don't thing like being questioned. That goes with the flavoring, right? Because the more green anise you use, mm-hmm. um, the more color green you get. Okay, so- And but- we'll see later how that, perfect color green search led people to adulterate it. Okay. Yeah. Now you mentioned wormwood. Why yes. did you put such a fine point on it? Say I'm the only bee in your bonnet. <laughs> um because wormwood has been blamed for the quote hallucinogenic properties. Well, because wormwood is poison? Right? Yes. In, in in high amounts? Yes. But so is alcohol, really. Yeah. So. <laughs> is it hallucinogenic or hallucinogenic? I don't know. I don't know. No, and you know what? Here's the weird thing. Nobody knows. <laughs> okay. So um, here's, a, here's a fun game that Alex posed to us in the copy. Okay. And I love it when she plays these games. Here is two truths and a lie mm. about absinthe. Okay. Here's the first one. The first one is being banned for 100 years because of a grisly murder. Uh-huh. Second one, protecting troops from malaria. Okay. Um, and third, the hallucinations associated uh, with the drinking. Well, now hold on. 
I, I'm pretty sure the hallucinations are a lie. So the other two are true? Here we go. Okay. Um, now, l- let me say real quick, right? When, um, when I first... So I will get on like like binges of researching something, and absinthe is one where like when I went to buy it, right? If I was gonna buy absinthe, I was like, I want to buy the quote good kind. Sure. And so I was like, what's the like actual absinthe? And not like I don't want your grandmother's absinthe. I don't know. Or maybe I did want my grandmother's absinthe. Who knows? And so I started researching, trying to find like a time where it had blank ingredient that's not there right, anymore. Right. And Wormwood was the one who was like, well, some have more and some have more. But like, there were no claims ever made about that. So it kind of made me feel like, oh, so this is all BS. Now you go. Okay. Wormwood is an herb native to Eurasia and Northern Africa, um, but it has also been naturalized in Canada and parts of the United States. Okay. Uh, it looks a little bit like the cross between a mint and a thyme plant. Okay. Um, so it's well, actually- I would argue both mint and thyme better branding than wormwood. Indeed. Spelled with a Y, too. Oh, it's like weird and uh, wormwood. Mint, thyme, wormwood. All right, all I'm right. I'm just saying, could deal with a rebrand. It's actually pretty simple to grow in your garden. Um, if you want to. Uh, and it actually has a wide array of, quote, medicinal uses. As does a lot of poison. As does a lot of poison. Uh, it had been used to treat everything from liver and fever, sorry, liver disease and fever, yeah. um, loss of appetite. Even it was used at one point to treat depression. Okay. Now, I'm not a doctor, but I'm going to have to say being used to treat so many different things probably wow. means it did not. Help any of them. As our sister podcast, Sawbones would say, cure alls, cure nothing. Right. Um, And it has even been linked to um, ancient Egyptian medical practices. Sure. So here's the- I just just want to say once again, uh, on behalf of Sawbones, just because something has been used forever doesn't mean it works. And in fact, (laughs) 99% of the time is an indicator that perhaps it does not work. Yes. (laughs) Or else we'd still- be using it now. I can't remember the last time I went to my therapist and she said, oh, you're sad, huh? Chew on this wormwood. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is where it was often used to fend off malaria. Okay. Um, so uh, it, the story goes that the French Foreign Legion were actually given a daily allotment of absinthe to keep them safe from malaria when they were out in the field. I like how you just said absinthe. I think you put one too many TH sounds in there. Absinthe. Uh, but you said like absinthe. Oh. I think. I got it. went Whoops. right to your head. <laughs> well, the, uh, the, a star anise can numb your tongue. Oh, really? Is, yeah. It, uh, I want to say it was used as an uh, an oral, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, you know, when they give you like Novocaine to like, numb. Analgesic. Analgesic. Yeah. To like numb. And I mean, in higher doses than is in. Absinthe, I'm sure. Right. Um, so the word absinthe actually comes from the Greek word absintheon, which okay. literally translates to undrinkable. Oh, <laughs> oh boy. And once again, bad branding. <laughs> and the wormwood that contributes to this um, was actually like 
super uh, super hip, right? Uh, being used to flavor everything from wine and beer and um, and teas and, like I said, medicines and things like that. Okay, but was it was it like a challenge thing? Now no. it's just like, oh, you're drinking poison, cool, dude. No, it wasn't. It was just a hip, cool thing to do. Well off Europeans. People, you know, claiming to be enlightened during the Renaissance, things like that. But really, the 17th century is where things really start to get interesting. Okay. Well, Um, you know what? That seems like a good hook to take a break and say some thank you notes to our sponsors. Okay. We want to send a thank you note to Quip. When's the last time you got rewarded for brushing your teeth? With Quip's new smart electric toothbrush, good habits can earn you great perks like free products, gift cards, and more. I love Quip. I've always loved Quip. I've enjoyed the brushing technology that is gentle on my teeth and gums, but still reminds me to brush for two minutes and gives me little pulses every 30 seconds to tell me when to move uh, from quadrant to quadrant. But now they have something brand new that rewards you. They have a smart brush that's for adults and kids that connects to the Quip app with Bluetooth to track your brushing and earn rewards from Quip partners. And if you already have a Quip, you can upgrade it with Smart Motor and keep all the features you know and love. So start getting rewards for brushing your teeth today and go to getquip.com schmanners right now to get your first refill free. That's your first refill free at getquip.com schmanners. That's G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash schmanners. Quip, better oral health, made simple and rewarding. And you know what? Let's not just talk about teeth. Let's talk about armpits. Specifically, I want to talk to you about Native. You work hard to reward yourself with premium products that mirror your lifestyle. So why not get into Native? Native deodorant doesn't just block odor better. It's made better. Native has ingredients you've heard of like coconut oil, shea butter, and tapioca starch. It's also vegan and never tested on animals. Switching to an aluminum-free deodorant doesn't mean you have to sacrifice on odor protection. Native will keep you smelling and feeling fresh all day long. With over 10 scents, including rotating seasonals, Native has something for everyone. The most popular classic scents are coconut and vanilla, lavender and rose, cucumber and mint, and citrus and herbal. I personally, I love that cucumber and mint. That is a flavor combination and a smell combination that I deeply enjoy. Teresa loves the coconut and vanilla and that lavender and rose. They're great. And they make us feel great and smell great. It's wonderful. It's light. It doesn't feel heavy. You know, I highly recommend. So make the switch to Native today by going to nativedo.com slash schmanpod or use promo code schmanpod, that's S-H-M-A-N-P-O-D, at checkout and get 20% off your first order. That's nativedeo.com slash schmanpod or use promo code schmanpod at checkout for 20% off your first order. Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. And together we host a podcast called Still Buffering, where we answer questions like Why should I not fall asleep first at a slumber party? How do I be fleet? Is it okay to break up with someone using emojis? And sometimes we talk about bugs. No, we don't. Nope. <laughs> 
Find out the answers to these important questions and many more on Still Buffering, a sister's guide to teens through the ages. I am a teenager. And I was two. Butts, 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 butts. No. <laughs> Okay, now after almost 20 minutes, you said things are about to get interesting. So <laughs> um, I keep going back to this drink, but I, like, I, I don't know that I'm enjoying it. Okay. But like, my brain is saying like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> it's Friday. It's only 11.30 a.m. Okay. Um, the A woman named Henrietta Henroyd sold Whoa. a- Whoa. All right. Sold a I'm traditional saying, it's a recipe. a great name. <sighs> Sold a recipe to a Frenchman named Major Henri Duby. Okay, wait, hold on. Uh, did you think that I reacted that way because her name sounded like hemorrhoid? Yeah. No, Henrietta Henroid. Like, I don't care about the hemorrhoid part. It's the, uh, uh, it sounds like almost a superhero name because it's the hen and the hen. And then she sold it to Henri, which I'm pretty sure is H E N. R-I, right? Mm -hmm. Hen, 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 hen. I'm just saying the world is a magical place. Okay, go on. And now you did a quiet laugh there, and that's not fair to me, because then the listeners at home don't know that you laughed. I need audible laugh to show that I was effective, please. Um, but I don't like encouraging you that way. I know, but I saw it, and so now I feel encouraged, but the people at home were like, oh, Travis, no, it's so dumb. I think you commenting on it is enough. <sighs> <clears throat> And this okay. is where Henri Duby flipped it from uh, ancient cure to party drink. Okay. And this is 17th century? Yes. So 1600s or 1700s? I, can, I always get those confused. Okay. So the 17th century is when apothecaries were making it as a health drink. Got it. Absinthe, alcohol, stuff. The 19th century is when Dubide's marketing of the drink caused it to take off across Europe. Okay. Now, this is when we get in the marketing of, like, drink it and enjoy the ride, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, and it was so popular, especially in Paris, that the city hosted a five o'clock happy hour called the Green Hour, Le Vert. Okay. So is this where we start to get the branding of like the Green Fairy? Mm -hmm. and, okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Once again, thank you, Moulin Rouge. Uh, because absinthe, the way they make it uh, was the cheapest alcohol available. Oh, okay. Um, that it is was, surprising to me. It was thought as the working man's drink, um, and became you know it was it was the most fashionable because it was everywhere. And it was also the um, the drink of the proletariat, right? So it is the reverse of Miller High Life, the champagne and beers. Where Miller sure. High Life, the champagne and beers, originally was their flagship brand that rich, fancy people drank. It was literally the champagne and beers. And they realized, like, well, we need to open this market up. Only rich people are buying it. So they started marketing it to uh, the lower classes, mm -hmm. at which point rich people were like, well, now we don't want to drink it anymore. <laughs> so it, it changed and became... Oh, uh, considered 
uh, a, a like lower class beer, much like PBR, where it actually did win blue ribbons. And then eventually they're like, we need to open up this marketing. But absinthe went the other way. Sure. Where it started as this super cheap working class drink. And now we think of it as like, oh, very highfalutin, very fancy. And one of the reasons for that is because at the time it was very popular with the arts crowd. Right. People like Picasso, Oscar Wilde, Van Gogh. All uh, Ernest, Toulouse, Ernest Hemingway. Toulouse Lautrec. Yes. Who I believe is in uh, Moulin Rouge. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so the one of the reasons why it was so easy to produce was because there was a wine shortage at the time. Oh, okay. Um, the turn of the century was kicked off with a plant disease that infected French vineyards all over the countryside, making wine more scarce and expensive. Bummer. Um, so then the absinthe was made from a different distillation process than the than the wine. Uh-huh. Um, and and then so when abs- absinthe was easy to get and wine was hard to get, all of the French went bonkers. Uh, so they started a smear campaign. Against? Against absinthe. Okay. Because they wanted you to buy wine. Right. But wine was hard to get and expensive. Right. So a hard sell. Hard sell. Yeah, I would say. That is how they linked it to a murder. Okay. I forgot about the you murder. forgot about the murder one. Okay. So in 1905, there was a... a grisly murder that happened in Switzerland. Um, Jack the Ripper. No. Okay. Where a, a a drunk man murdered his wife. Now, okay, could have been Jack the Ripper. That was never solved. We don't know who Jack the I Ripper suppose. was. That could have Jack the Ripper moved to Switzerland, got married, got drunk, married his wife, said, oh no. And depending on when the Jack the Murder uh, murders happened, which I don't know, uh, he either said, oh no, this is just like those murders I committed, or this has inspired me to commit more murders, and then he fled. Is that what happened? No. Okay. Um, bad luck for absinthe because it was one of the many uh, liquors that this man imbibed. Okay. Um, and so a media frenzy turned drinking absinthe into a hallucinogenic murder drink oh. or the devil's potion, right? So this, hold on. This is like, uh, uh, oh, what's the word? Uh, what is it? The marijuana scare, you know? Oh, yeah, reefer madness. Reefer madness. Yeah, totally. Where they said, like, oh, you know what this was? The problem here was not the rage and, like, the fact that this husband acted like, but it was, in fact, the drink. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. And it was so successful. Reefer madness, another episode we could do. That uh, Switzerland abolished absinthe consumption in 1910. Followed by America in 1912 and France in 1915. And it stayed off the shelves for almost 100 years. Oh, boy. But that brings us to, like, 2015. Uh, Yeah. Yep. Yep. Oh, yep. Boy. Yep. So here's the thing. Okay. It does not have any hallucinogenic properties. No. But probably what happened was these people were were suffering from alcohol poisoning. Okay, there is also a possibility. Okay, if I might posit a sub-theory, right, based off of prohibition and what we have learned about, like, bootleg whiskey and bootleg gin and bootleg everything, Mm -hmm. is that if you 
think it has hallucinogenic properties, right? And you're making uh, hooch absinthe to mm-hmm. sell in underground clubs in mm-hmm. France, mm-hmm. you are probably uh, poisoning it with other things mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. would lead to hallucinogen that have nothing to do with the actual properties of absinthe, but would make someone go, oh, this guy sells really good absinthe and it has nothing to do with the drink itself. Exactly, okay. exactly. Um, so it turns out that if you're brewing absinthe at home, it's very hard to make that green color. Okay. Uh, so people put things like copper salts uh-huh. or other heavy metals uh-huh, in uh-huh. there. Um, so maybe if you're drinking homemade bath salts, you do hallucinate. Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. This happened uh, with whiskey where they didn't want to wait to let it soak in barrels. So mm. they just put shoe polish in it or turpentine. Yeah. Um, also, because it was considered the drink of the common man, it was linked to communism. Oh. So uh, we don't want people talking about that. It was poison on purpose? No. Oh. No, but it was it was the every man's drink, so you the Bolsheviks and proletariats and the the uh you know, Bohemians. It's linked with all of that stuff. So we don't we don't want that uh, here in America. Part of why it was outlawed. Got it. Right, got it, got it. right, 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 right. Um, Isn't that funny that you would say like, well, this kind of liquor is cool, but that kind of liquor, no way. Like, right. what a fine line, you dudes. Okay. Yeah. So, lucky for us, Absinthe experienced a revival in the 1990s from the Czech Republic. Oh, I thought you were going to say Moulin Rouge. Ah, okay. <laughs> no. Well, when was Moulin Rouge? Uh, Let me think. 2001, now that I think about it. Yeah, mm. yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so absinthe was still illegal in the U.S. when, uh, in 2007. Really? It was, that's when it was lifted. So Switzerland lifted their ban in 2005, um, U.S. in 2007. Okay. So... People watched Moulin Rouge and they were like, well, I got to get me some of this absinthe. And then they had to wait six years. Um, it was also heavily um, featured in The Perfect Drug uh, by Nine Inch Nails. That, uh, that, no? Wait, do you know what that is? I don't know what that is. It's a m- music video. Okay. Like the whole thing is green. Okay. Okay. Anyway. Thank you for thinking I'm cool enough to know that. <laughs> that means a lot to me. All right. Let's talk about how to drink it. Yes, please. With your mouth. <laughs> Solved. Next episode. Okay. Uh, so what I what I talked about earlier was the whole kind of like the water, the sugar, the The cup, pour over. The pour over. There's even like different types of, uh, of accoutrement. So what I have seen right? is a little like slotted spoon, mm-hmm. right? That you put the sugar cube on mm-hmm. and you kind of uh, like- put it so the spoon kind of sits in the middle of the glass top, right? Right, right, right. And so then, that it does so that you can pour water over it. Correct. Now I've also seen that this sugar cube is like soaked in something so you can set it on fire and then drop it into the absinthe. Is that the same thing? Now you can do that, but if you set it on fire, the alcohol content changes. Okay. So it will probably taste different. Sure. But it does seem right when you're talking about like bohemian and like look at these setting something on fire seems 
Like, and listen, that's not to knock it. I love when drinks are set on fire. It is, <laughs> it is good spectacle. So really, one of the ways that, that you can really enjoy absinthe is with a very special glass, okay? It looks kind of like a goblet that has had a little, like, that has a little waste on it, making it kind of like an hourglass. I guess it almost looks like a daiquiri glass when you think about it. Okay. Where it's got kind of a ball shape at the bottom and then it opens to okay, a like conical. Kind of, kind of like an urn or spittoon. Sure. Okay. Um, so what you would do is you would fill the bottom part with the absinthe and then mix whatever water or other like cocktail business to the top half. So okay. it's actually a measured glass for you. That is, a, you know, when you think about it, I can also picture why there was so much, like, process to it, where if I'm a very artsy person, which I am, mm-hmm. um, I like watching the, It's you know, we think about so much of this, like, mixology revolution that's gone on in, like, the last decade here in America, and probably other places, too, where it's like, let's watch somebody really go to town mixing a cocktail together where it feels like an art and not just like poor, poor hand, right? Mm -hmm. But it's like, we're going to watch this happen and it's an art form in and of itself. And ah, even the way you mix the drink is beautiful and I consume it and it's beautiful and our lives are beautiful and we are all beautiful. (laughs) That's that's the thing about it, right? If you go to certain places, certain um, bars in France, they'll even have set up this kind of like dropper. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like it's a big... It it almost reminds me of like, uh, like a coffee or a, or a tea, like a carafe, yeah, one of those, yeah, like a carafe like that, where you you open up the stopper and it drips one drop at a time, and you sit and you enjoy and you talk and you feel very artsy while yes. you do it, uh, much like a coffee shop, I imagine, right? Like yeah. that idea of like we sit around, we sip our tiny drinks. But sometimes they are booze, (laughs) sometimes they are coffee, sometimes they are pain. So I think we all learned something today. There's no need to fear the green fairy. No. And, you know, I think it is the kind of thing where probably the same as a lot of liqueurs, where the flavor is more extreme, right? When you Mm -hmm. think about, I would say probably vodka is like the lowest as far as like, do you care for the flavor or not? And then probably gin and then whiskey and then like tequila and there's probably other ones in there. And then when you get into liqueurs, you're probably getting into a lot more like specialized, like, I don't like that. And like, that's totally cool. Yeah, the the botanical additions right. are, are you know, quite subjective. It makes it. And, and I think much like gin, right, where I imagine that there are different brands of absinthe that one might care for more than another. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and if you are someone who enjoys absinthe, I think we will go back to the uh, lager episode, which we so recently recorded, where we will say if you uh, if someone at your table orders absinthe and that's what they want to drink, maybe don't give them a hard time about it. There's no hallucinogenic properties to it at all. Grow up. <laughs> <laughs> Be kind. Be kind. That's what I meant to say. Be kind. And that's going to do it for us. So let's see. Uh, we want to thank Alex again. Like we said, Alex, thank you so much for researching the episode. Watching so much YouTube. Yeah. Really appreciate it because I I didn't have time for that this week. The baby no. is teething. Um, thank you, Max Fun, our podcast home. Uh, you can go to MaximumFun.org to check it out. The show's there. You can go to Macroy.family to check out other Macroy projects, uh, including MacroyMerch.com, uh, where you can check out Macroy merch. Me and my brothers wrote... A book 
about how to podcast. It is a step-by-step practical guide, but it's also like funny. We're funny in it. It's a fun, <laughs> it's like a fun thing to read. Um, and you can pre-order that at macroypodcastbook.com. It comes out in January. But what are you waiting for? Pre-order it now. Uh, let's see. What else, Teresa? We always thank Brent, Brentle Floss Black, for writing our theme music, which is available where those as which is available as a ringtone where those are found. Uh-huh. Um, also, thank you to Kayla and Wasso for our Twitter thumbnail art. That is at Schmanners Cast. That's where we get our questions when we ask for listeners uh, submitted questions for the end of our episodes. Um, also, thank you to Bruja Betty Pinnett Photography. She uh, they did our uh, cover picture for our fan run Facebook group Schmanners Fanners where you can give and get excellent advice um, also submit some more topics to yes. us SchmannersCast at gmail.com uh I think that's going to be it. Yep, that's going to do it for us. So join us again next week. No RSVP required. You've been listening to Schmanners. Manners, Schmanners. Get it. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.